Good morning, Brenda. Good morning, Brenda. I know Miss Susan all today is just like a, you know, probably listening in today. Yeah. Um and uh, you know, Miss Sonia Grant you know, open us today with the word of prayer. Yes, yes. Thank you. Hallelujah. Okay, may the word of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable. To thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. In the name of Jesus, we come before you, giving you thanks, Lord, for this day, thanking you for life and all your blessings. Uh, we ask that as we meditate on your word and as Pastor Sarah gives us the word today, uh, we just open our hearts and uh, just just be acceptable to uh, everything that he he gives us today, Lord. We thank you for mm-hmm. all you've given us. Uh, we thank you for mm-hmm. everything you've done for us. Um, we thank you for um, what you're doing, what you're going to do, and everything you're going to do for us, Lord. In in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. Amen. Yeah. Amen. 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 Oh, thank you, Jesus. You you descend on the praises of your people, Father. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You we invite you to come be part of this morning. And just like I speak to us, Father God. We are listening. We are hungry. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If there is a praise item, you know, for the Lord, you know, this is a good time to just like to praise the Lord. It's such a beautiful morning, like what was Fredley said. Yeah. Hallelujah. I just thank God for this day, a brand new day, a day that was not promised to us. I thank him for new mercy. I thank him for his grace. I thank him that in spite of all that, I am not that he is in my life. I thank him because he stands in me. Um, He goes before me. He's behind me. He's on the side of me. I just thank him for being just my all in all today. I thank him for the many blessings, the rivers of blessings that are yet flowing in my life and my family's life and the lives of my friends and family. I just thank him today for just being a good, good father because he's a good, good father. He's just a natural father. You You know, he loves us beyond anything that we could ever do to try to deter his love, you know. There's nothing that could ever separate his love from us. And I just thank God. I thank God for his son, Jesus, today. Yes. For just being my everything today. I just thank him for just just loving me in spite of who I am. I thank him for every fiber of my soul. I thank him for being my way maker, my bridge over troubled waters today. I just thank him for being my mind regulator, Hallelujah. I just thank him for being my all in all, and I just ask y'all to pray much my strength in the Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Thank God for saving me. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, L
when God shows up in your life and God shows up in my life, everything around us starts to focus on what we are doing. Yes. Hallelujah. Mm. You know, and that's the God we serve. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. 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 Mm. Hallelujah. Praise Hallelujah. the Lord. Praise the Lord. Any other praise I come for this week? Hi, good morning. Um, this is Katina. Mm. <laughs> you know, there's so much to thank him for. Yeah, I just think back to just this week alone and today, and um, it's like there's so many things you just can't even count. You know, I don't think it's that mm-hmm. no one has anything no, anything worthy or big enough or grandiose enough to talk about. I think it's just that it's so many things. It's so many small things. It's so many medium-sized, big-sized things, but you know, I just want to give him thanks in all things. You know, I just want to let him know that, God, I recognize that you are my Hallelujah. My phone went blank. No, I asked you know, I cannot hear you. Are you there? Is anybody there? Hello. Hello. Yes. Hi, are you there? Yeah. Hello. 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 Yes, we can hear you all. I don't know what happened to Miss Katina. Okay, I'm back. Can everyone hear me? Oh, perfect. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, don't know what that was. But anyways, you know, I just want to thank him just for all things. I want to thank him and just reckon, let him know that I recognize, God, that you are the source of my supply, that without you, I am nothing. I can do nothing. And I just thank him just for just having a sense of peace, having a sense of stability, having a sense of so during this time of year, you know, something tends to I get really, really busy because of school starting and work and, you know, it seems like there's new projects. The fiscal year is getting ready to end, so that's a big thing in the government. And I tend to get a little mm-hmm. overwhelmed, but I just thank him for allowing me to see that, you know, it's okay for me to not have to be, you know, and I, I feel like I like there is a sense of growth in who I am because I was I was literally able to look at my life and see where I can make some adjustments and be mm-hmm. able to carve some things off and it'd be okay and not feel like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I'm not showing up in showing up in my whole self. We got some technical yeah, some technical difficulties, but I'll, I'll end it there. I just want to, I just want to thank him, you know, just for everything and recognizing that, you know, it is him, yes. and I thank him and I love him for that, and that's my praise report this morning. Amen. 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 Thank, Hallelujah. thank you. Hallelujah. Yes, hallelujah. 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 Mm-hmm. hallelujah. And, uh, that's true. Like we get like a busy as we come closer and closer to the end of the I cannot believe it's already like a, you know, September. 
Yeah. And that the, the whole year, it looks like we just had a Christmas service, and it left, it's already September. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I got um, really, really fast. Amen. Yeah. yeah. And also, there are so many people, like I remember yesterday with the 9 11, um, yeah. a lot of lives were lost. And, and the yeah. thing is this. Uh, um, but there was a, a, a group of, uh, um, you know, policemen that were honored yesterday. And uh, the, 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 the person who introduced them said, there is a difference between a cowardice people and a hero. Right? And it, the, the difference is like which way they are running. Mm. Um, is, is it a, are they running to help somebody or running away from helping somebody? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, uh, you know, there's so many people that showed up in this particular day. I, I heard at one point that we were there in California during this period of like a 9-11, and there was a Promise Keepers conference uh, that was held. And uh, in that, uh, they were saying about a pastor who had already swiped all his card and messed up everything, he didn't have anything, and he was in New York. And um, and the thing is that the, that the people, um, you know, needed help. They needed food, and, and they were just like mm-hmm. scrambling in New York at this point. Mm-hmm. And the, this pastor has done everything he can, and he was like out there asking help. So, I mean, he, he wasn't asking for money. He was saying, like, if there is anybody who can help us, you know, with water or food or something. And I saw during that day, uh, sitting in that arena uh, in in San Jose, the people just like walked in the front and threw money into that pole, like uh, into the stage, right? Mm-hmm. And in few minutes or, uh, you know, 10, 15 minutes later, I saw a heap of money on that, on that uh, you know, uh, stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, people were going and throwing whatever they had in their hand to help. Uh, and, and that's what this country is made up of. This country is made up of such good people that are just like mm-hmm. willing to help and go the extra mile. There's mm-hmm. no country like America that mm-hmm. wants to help somebody who is in need. We are mm-hmm. sitting on a land where the milk and honey flows. This is a country that sacrifices in so many ways to help Someone in need, there is a, like a, you know, I mean, we don't often realize how much goodness this country has done to the countries across the world. And when it goes through a struggle like this, how would God not take care of this country? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 With that said, let's go into the Word this morning. I am excited about this morning. Let me explain. The conference has been muted. This this message, yeah, sometimes when you prepare the message, you know those messages are actually uh, working on your side as well. It's like a, the Word of God is like a two-edged sword, and it's not just like a cutting the, the other side at the enemy. But it also cuts through yourself and just like opens up certain areas in your life and just like a minister too. And so this is one such message I'm praying this morning that it's going to be a blessing for you. 
And uh, as we are meditating upon the names of the Lord, right? We've seen so many of these names from Elohim, the Creator God, to El Shaddai, to Adonai. We have seen the different compounding names of Jehovah Rapha. We have seen Jehovah Yireh. We have seen El Roy. We have seen like the Abba Father. We have seen so many names. And as we travel through this, the intent of us going through the names of the Lord is because um, I don't know whether it was the last week or the week before we were talking about how we 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 progressively understand God in 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 ways that we have never understood before, and and my prayer is that uh, as we go through this names of the Lord, we tend to see start to see how His name, you know, becomes real in our prayer life. I see. When, when people are asking for prayers, I see that the, when, when there are like a prayers are being offered, I see that the, the names of the Lord shows up in this prayer. You are the Jehovah Rapha. You are the Jehovah Nissi, the banner that goes before us. You are the Jehovah Shama. You are the Jehovah Shalom. You are the peace that we cannot have, that unless you should show up in our life, you are the, you know, last week, you know, um, or a couple of weeks ago, we, we looked at this name, Mechadishkin. This is just like a new name that we have seen, we haven't seen before, very often used. We've meditated on all those things for this one purpose, that we are going to land ourselves back into Revelation because, that's where we started earlier this year. We were going through the book of Revelations. We were looking at the heavens. We were looking at the new heaven, the new Jerusalem. We're going to go back in the, in the next week or so. We're going to go back and look at some of the text in there. So this morning, I want to land there because of two reasons. Number one, what we have seen are the names of the Lord, like Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Ireh. We have seen all of that, but there are particular names given to Jesus. Jesus by himself has been referred to with 50 names and titles in, in the book, um, in the New Testament as well as in the Old Testament. He is called the, the the Counselor, Prince of Peace. There's like so many of these names, but in the, just in the book of Revelation, just in the book of Revelation, we see that Jesus has been given 19 names. And we need to know these names because they just apply to who he is and what he is doing in those moments in time. 19 references or names or titles given to Jesus. In the first chapter itself, I see eight different versions of God's name. It's not like we have eight Jesuses or we don't have like, a, you know, um, that many gods. It's just like a one God just manifesting himself. In the first chapter, it says he's the firstborn from the dead. When you see that, that's actually a title given to Jesus. He was the firstborn from the dead, that nobody actually helped him. You know, he was just like a raised up for a purpose. 
the head, the highest of the earthly kings, says the, the first verse. He's the, he's, there are kings out there, but he's the highest of all the kings that we have seen. He's the Alpha and Omega. He, you know, so many times it refers to him as the Almighty. He refers to him as the first and the last, the living one, the Son of God, Son of Man. He's a witness, a faithful witness. He's a creator. He's the line of Judah. He's the root of David. He's the lamb. He's the shepherd. He's the anointed one. He's the faithful and true. He's the word of God, and he's the king of kings. Today morning, we're just going to look at one of Jesus' name, and it is so um, much in a, in a pivotal point um, in the Bible, where in the book of Revelations, we're going to go there. <clears throat> it's talking about a time uh, where Jesus is preparing to come for the second time. The first time he came as a baby, he just like a, you know, grew up in Jerusalem. Or he just like a, did all those things. But the second time when he comes, he's not going to come like a, uh, someone who's just like a, going to be like a the, the child and growing up. He's going to come as a king of kings and the Lord of lords. And he's preparing his coming. And that's where it starts. If you have your Bible, I want you to go to Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5. I'll give like a few seconds for us to get to Revelation chapter 5. And in this chapter, I'm going to read from verses 1 through 5. Okay. There is a moment in time that the fourth chapter talks about the, the heaven and, uh, you know, what happens in the throne room. But here, as John's looking there was a, then I saw, this is the first word, then I saw a scroll in the right hand of the one who was sitting on the throne. There was a writing on the inside and outside of the scroll, and it was sealed with seven seals. So if you think about it, right, in those days the scrolls were written, so the scrolls like a, this is where um, the kings wrote like important things, um, the proclamations. And they, this is where they wrote like what is important message that's going to the people of their nation. And so when they write those scrolls, they don't want everybody to read it. Sometimes when they send these scrolls, they send these scrolls to the kings of the next country. They, they just write the important messages and send them out. And when they send them out, they, they tie that, you know, scroll with the thread, and then they put a knot on that thread, and then they take a wax and seal them, right? So it's locked up. So the only one that can open is the one. And they, when they put the seal, that seal will have the emblem of their country, so that the king knows that nobody can break it, but... You know, when he get, when it gets to the other end, those kings can receive that scroll. In this case, this scroll that we are reading about, right, not only have like a one scroll, one seal, but it has seven seals attached. So all seven needs to be opened. And there is an authority needed to open each of these seals. It's not meant for anybody to open it. So 
The next verse says, And I saw a strong angel who shouted with a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals on this scroll and open it? But no one in heaven or earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll and read it. So this is a, this, there's an angel saying, oh my God, this is such a, an intense moment in heaven where there's a lot of things that are written in the scroll about the future of like what's going to happen to the enemy, what's going to happen to the children of Israel, what's going to happen to the to each and every one of us, the believers in Christ, what's going to happen to the Gentiles, what's going to happen to all the races from here is all written in the scroll, but nobody is worthy to open that scroll. Then I began to weep. This is John. He began to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll and read it. The fifth verse says, but, but, one of the 24 elders said to me, stop weeping, John, stop weeping. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah and the, 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 the hire to David's throne has won the victory. He is worthy to open the scroll and its seven seals. Here, one of the 24 elders that was standing next to uh, John, he said, stop crying, man. There is one. There is a lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to lose its seven seals. And today morning, we're going to look at this particular verse, chapter 5, verses 5, where it's referring to the lion of the tribe of Judah. That's one of the names given to Jesus. Because we know it's Jesus because if you read further, it just says in the sixth verse, it is talking about like the one, um, you know, who was slain, the one that is in the midst stood a lamp as though it has been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes. It goes on to describe Jesus, but we will come back to all of those, but it is talking about Jesus. And the thing is, why is the name Lion of the tribe of Judah refers to Jesus? It, the Bible is not talking about like any other animal, like a, uh, he's the squirrel, he's the hamster, he's the zebra. He, the, the, the Bible could have talked about so many other animals, but it's saying the lion of the tribe of Judah. So we're going to break this apart a little bit and see how it applies to us today, right? First, we'll take the word Judah, right? Judah is one of the 12 tribes or the 12 sons of Israel. When he was born in Genesis chapter 29, it's talking about like a how right from his birth, his mom was just praising God. 
when, when she was the fourth son um, for, for Israel or, uh, you know, Jacob, and when he was born, his mom was actually praising God. Um, and so he was born with praise. But also, here's the beautiful part. The tribe of Judah, there's the, one of the 12 tribes, right? The tribe of Judah is known for producing kings. Although, you know, throughout the scriptures, right, Christ is referred to as a king. But he's not just a king. He is the king of kings. He's an ultimate king, right? He wasn't born like a, if you think about it, right, he wasn't, you know, growing up like in a palace as a son of a king. He wasn't like in England how they have this, uh, the, the monarchy, the, the king and the queen and the Elizabeth and the prince this or a prince that. He wasn't like a part of a, a, a kingdom, but he was, you know, the ultimate king. He is the ultimate king. Here's how we know about this Christ that we are talking about, Paul writes in the book of Hebrews, chapter 7, verses 14 through 16. He says, For it is evident that our Lord arose from Judah, of which tribe Moses spoke nothing concerning priesthood. And it is yet far more evident is in the likeness of Melchizedek. Melchizedek. Okay. There, there arrives another priest who has come not according to the law of the fleshly commandments, but according to the power of an endless life. The Jesus that we're talking about here, the lion of the tribe of Judah, he didn't come because he was the king's son. He came into picture because he has got the, the power of an endless life. There is no end to his dominion. He's coming from the, this tribe of Judah that this king that we are going to get and the king that is right now sitting in the right hand of the Father, the king that is going to rule and is ruling and was ruling, is, is the one who's going to control everything. And that king has come from the, 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 the lineage of Judah. But there's one more thing that I wanted to very quickly touch about this, this place, Judah. I was thinking to myself, why Judah? Why not Joseph? Because Joseph, in fact, if you look at all the 12 sons of Jacob, right, that Joseph was like a lot more blessed, a lot more intelligent, a lot more, um, you know, um, talked about with the high regard. He was the one who was thrown into the pit. He, he gets like a badly betrayed by his... Uh, um, you know, master's wife, he was thrown again into a prison. He just comes out and saves this nation from the, you know, this whole famine that was going to happen. Why not the, the, the son of Joseph? 
Um, you know, but God chose Judah, right? There is a messianic prophecy that is out there in the book of Genesis, chapter 49. We'll come to it in a minute. But before we go to that one messianic promise, I want to touch a little bit about the lion that it's talking about. First, the Judah. Judah is where the kings were made. We, we looked at how the, the tribe of Judah is actually the one that has been so many of the kings have come, like from King David to um, Solomon to all the kings that came up were from this race. But now he's attaching the lion, the lion of Judah. Why, why lion? Why not squirrel? Why not hamster? Right? And the thing is this. If you watch any Discovery Channel where they show the lion as they are walking in the jungle, you can see that it walks with a swagger. Right? That when you see the lions show up in one of those, you know, documentaries, you can see that when you look at the eyes of the lion, it just sends a message, no one can mess with me, kind of an attitude. And when you look at the lion, the size of the lion, or like it's not the fastest animal in the, in the jungle, it's not the tallest animal like a giraffe, it's not the heaviest animal like the, the elephant or a rhino, it's not the smartest animal in the jungle. But when you look at the lion walking in the jungle, you can see there is something different because the lion actually believes that it can beat any animal that shows up. Even when a bigger animal, like an elephant, shows up in front of a lion, the elephants are scared of this lion. If you just like to put the elephant and the lion next to each other, they are not even comparable in size. The elephants are so big, but the elephant is scared of the lion. Why? Because when the lion looks at it, the lion thinks, that's my lunch. And if the elephant looks at it, it thinks, oh my God, that's the animal that's going to eat me, right? There is something about the belief system that the lion has in itself that it, 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 it's something that is in bond with the lion that it just like walks with a swagger in the jungle. That's why it's called the king of the jungle, right? But I also read in one of the statistics that the lions have a territory in that territory, in that region, in that place where the lions are, they pretty much own that territory. That anything that comes around that territory is just like owned by this lion. In fact, the territory of lion can span up to 100 miles. Up to 100 miles, these lions still control everything that is around them. But look at some of the verses that the Bible is talking about the lions. 
I was very fascinated by the, 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 the number of verses that's talking about lions. In Jeremiah chapter 25, verses 30 and 31, it says, Now prophesy all these things and say to them, The Lord will roar against his own land from his holy dwelling in heaven. He will shout like those who tread grapes. He will shout against everyone on earth. His cry of judgment will reach to the ends of the earth. For the Lord will bring his case against all the nations. He will judge all the people of the earth. Slaughtering the wicked with a sword, I, the Lord, have spoken. When you saw in the beginning, it's talking about the rulership of God and the sword and the judgment. They're all interlinked. And in Amos chapter 3, verses 4, it says, Does the lion ever roar in a thicket without first finding a victim? Does a young lion growl in its den without first catching its prey? God's coming to judge the living and the dead. He's not going to come to judge for nothing. He's going to go after the unrepented sin that has caused this earth to just like, a, you know, being abominable. And God's going to come and clean this up. This is a pivotal moment, just like what we saw um, earlier, that Revelation 5 is now, you know, the things are, are going to get serious um, in the in the heavens, the throne room is getting ready for this. And a lot of people talked over the years about this period. We've seen numerous, numerous preachers, and including the prophets, including the, the, the times when Jesus was there. This moment was talked about. Jesus talked about this moment so many times that comes in in. In, in Revelations chapter 5, verse 5. And so, what is this pivotal moment is talking about? You know, why is this so important for, for this, the, this morning for each and every one of us? Here's the thing. There was a messianic prophecy that was said in the book of Genesis, and that was getting fulfilled in Revelation. Can you imagine how true God's word is that is spoken in Genesis is true all the way to Revelation. What is spoken in the first book of the Bible is still very relevant in the last book of the Bible. What God spoke 2,000 years ago from that rugged cross is still very relevant for us today. What was written in the word of God, like a 5,000 years ago, 10,000 years ago, is still very applicable for us today, right now. And there was a period in time when Israel, Jacob, who became Israel, right, later in his life, he was in his deathbed, and he is just like a, you know, blessing all his children, right? He had 12 children, and he is blessing every one of them. And when he, when he came to Judah, the fourth son, he is actually speaking something to him 
But Judah at that point may not have realized what his father was saying to him, right? In Genesis chapter 49, verses 8 through 10, this is a moment in time. The father is speaking to his son Judah, and he says, Judah, your brothers shall praise you. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons shall bow down before you. Judah is a lion's cub. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He stopped down, he stooped down, he crouched as a lion and as a lioness. Who dares roast him? The skeptics. Scepter, this is like the kings have the, in their hand, shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from, the, from between his feet, until tribute comes to him, and to him shall be the obedience of the people. Look at it. What was said in Genesis chapter 49 is a passage where Jacob was giving a prophetic address to each of his sons. When he came to Judah, he said that one would come from that tribe and would reign forever. Jacob used this imagery of a lion in this as he refers to this person as a ruler. He says that this lion's cub, and he's using the lion and lionesses in his statement. Why? Because the lions were considered, are considered even today, strong, powerful, and greatly feared. And hardly anyone wants to mess with it, right? And here, when Jesus is called the Lion of Judah, it is because he is fulfilling a prophecy that was made in Genesis chapter 49. It says... You read that verse one more time, you will say, you will see, your brothers shall praise you. The, the brothers the, across the world that, that are believing the Lord and Savior will praise him. And it says like that your hand shall be on the neck of your enemy. There's nobody who can cross this enemy but him who rose up from the dead. And Jesus will be as the lion. Jesus will be the one who rules over all the people. Jesus will be the one to whom all his brothers bow down. Look at this. I was thinking about, about this one. How will these brothers will bow down to him? In fact, Joseph is probably the right one because, you know, it, it, he had a vision about it. But then... I realized later, when the, the land, the promised land was broken down into different pieces and given to a different tribe, the, the place where Jerusalem is was given to three tribes, Judah, Benjamin, and Levi. Those are the three tribes that lived in that region, what later became the kingdom of Israel, right? where Israel is, that place was given to three people, Judah, 
Benjamin and Levi. You heard like a people say like I'm half Indian. I'm like a half African American. I'm like a three quarters of a Mexican. Um, so people talk about it, but here look at it. There is like a race that has settled down in Jerusalem that was from Judah that we are talking about and Benjamin who sits at the right hand of the son of the right hand and then the, the Levite, the priest. So it's the combination of these three races that are dwelling in this place and every other tribe was you know, coming to surrender to them. Today, if you take the kingdom of Israel, it's not like everything else that is making up this place, but Jerusalem is talked so highly. It is the number one city in the world for righteous living. Jerusalem. Right? And that's where Judah was from. Judah was given that place. This is where he just came clean later in his life, and that's why uh, he's just like considered as the, one of the powerful tribes among the 12 tribes, right? And that's why everybody bows down, everybody fears the kingdom, the eternal kingdom comes from here. And this is the moment where Jesus is being called the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And I wanted to come back to this one word in, in the, the, the 19th chapter of Revelation. But before we go to that point, I want to come back to the fact that, you know, the Lion of Judah is also given to the people who praise the Lord. The, whenever the word Judah was used, it was used in reference to praise. When Jericho the walls of Jericho was standing between the children of Israel and the promised land. God says to, to Joshua, send the, the tribe of Judah first. There's so many times when the battle happens, they always send the tribe of Judah first. Why? When the praises go before the enemy, the enemy starts to tremble. They walked around the, 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 the walls of Jericho six days, right? But when they were walking around the six days, they were very quiet. For the first time, God just quiets his people from being complaining. God was quieting them from saying something against each other. Three million people marched around the, the walls of Jericho for six days. On the seventh day, they shouted with praise, when they shouted with praise, the walls of Jericho, which was like one of the tallest, the walls with the 15 feet, um, you know, in thickness. In fact, they think that if you put like a 32 chariots next to each other on the top of the walls of Jericho, they can run in parallel. That's how thick it was. And... That wall came crumbling down when the people raised their voice in praise. And that's the power of praise. The life that we are going through will have hardship. This life that we are going through will have struggle. 
No, there, there are Jerichos in our life. There are the, 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 sea, the, the Red Seas in front of us. But you know what is the difference? When we go into the battle with praises in our mouth, and just like how we were praising, I was so pleased to hear what Ms. Katina was talking about this morning. This, this fact that we can open our mouth in praise knowing that God has given me this day, this moment, this hour, this minute, this second, the power behind it, like what is given to us, is worthy of all the praises. And the thing is, is, when we go through struggles and battles in our life, there is nothing that will break the enemy's back like the praises. In spite of things that are going wrong, if we open our mouth in praises, God will fill our mouth with the goodness. When we open our mouth in praises, he will go before you to speak to the family member you're struggling to speak with. Are you worried about an interview that is coming up next? As you start to praise, the presence of the Holy God goes before you and prepares the table in the presence of the enemies and prepares the hearts of these interviewers. And they're already speaking to them. I was telling Brother Vince this morning, something, and God just reminded me this. On, on Tuesday night, I was uh, lying in my bed, and I was thinking about something, about some resources, that I was just like bothered by it. It's not like I was praying to God. I was just like uh, having some kind of like a conversation with God at this moment in time. Only me and my God knew about this conversation. Nobody else knew about this conversation. But the Wednesday came. The things that I was thinking about and speaking to God was also starting to happen. And, and a lot of things were untangling. The knots were being untangled. And, and the things that I was talking or, you know, thinking in my mind while I'm still thinking God is working on my behalf. Have you ever realized that God's working on our behalf even before we know about our problem? Even before we know there is something going to happen, God's already working on our behalf. Why? Because when we open our mouth in praise, when we open our mouth in just honoring God, it just pleases his heart. In fact, he is so pleased, you know, right now I'm thinking in my human terms that he would probably be rolling on the floor with joy. Oh, my God, I can't take this. He's just like so much joy. This is like he's rolling on the floor just with his happiness in seeing the praises of his people. I do not know whether you have to go walk into a doctor's office tomorrow because of a death result. Know this for sure as you open your mouth in praise, the presence of God is going in and changing everything that's written in that piece of paper. 
you have a banker that you need to meet with or business people that you have no idea what you're going to say. You don't need to say anything. That's what God did to the children of Israel for six days. He said, don't speak a word. You don't have to do this battle by yourself. This battle belongs to me. I am the king of kings. I am the lion of Judah. I am the one who's going to handle this on your behalf, and you don't need to say even one word out of your mouth. Be still and know that I am the Lord. The king always sends, the kings always send the praises in the front because they know the battle belongs to the Lord. I do not know what your battle is this morning, but as you open your mouth and praise, God is going to release his resources on your behalf. In fact, in the book of Zechariah, chapter 4, verse 7, God is saying to that mountain that is standing before this man named Zerubbabel, the governor, who is just like to come back to his town. He was trying to build a temple for the Lord, and everything is stuck for 16 years. And everybody was just taking a shot at this man named Zerubbabel. And God says to him, through this prophet, he says, Oh, great mountains, what are you? Who are you? Oh, great mountains, before Zerubbabel, my son Zerubbabel, you will become a plain. Then he will bring, the fo- bring forth the capstone with the shouts of great grace to it. I do not know what your mountain is this morning. As you open your mouth and say grace, grace to it, that mountain's going to come down. It's going to become a plain this morning. That mountain will have no impact on your life. I do not know what the enemy is doing to you or the strongholds that you're fighting. When you open your mouth and praise him and call his grace, grace to your problem, the mountains will crush, crumbling down like the walls of Jericho. And and the Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says, uh, we know God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and called according to his purpose for them. All things work together. I was reading Judges. I was so fascinated reading the Judges chapter 5. And it's talking about like a how when God starts to focus the earth starts to work towards that. The, the sky starts to work towards that. The rain and the air and everything around us, the trees and the plants, everything starts to aid where God is focused on. This morning, you just know what your tough situation is. Know this for sure. People will hire people to solve problems and not run away from the problems. What we are trying to take, what we are, why are we trying to do all these things is to just like, you know, known to us only when God opens his mouth. I do not know about what is blocking, what is blocking in front of you, but God is saying, open your mouth and praise. And I'm going to show up in your life. The Lion of Judah. The Lion of the tribe of Judah. When you think about the Lion, I talked about how 
what lion is not. I talk about how lion is not the tallest animal, lion's not the fastest, lion's not the heaviest, lion's not smartest, all those things we can say. But you know, one thing that we cannot take away from lion is this. Lion is an amazing provider. He is the Jehovah Jireh. He is my provider. There is no animal like a lion who takes care of their, their children. In fact, you know, in the book of Nahum, N-A-H-U-M, it's one of the prophets, in chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, it says, Where is the dwelling of the lions and the feeding place of the young lions? Where the lion walked, the lioness and the lion's cub, and no one made them afraid. The lion tore in pieces enough for his cubs, killed for his lioness, filled the caves with prey, and his den with flesh. When we trust God with everything that we have, when we put our trust in the lion of Judah, know this for sure, he is the lion of Judah, the tribe of Judah who provides for your life and my life. And that's why Paul recognizes that in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. He says, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ, my Christ Jesus. Psalmist says the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In the book of Matthew, Jesus talks about from the mountain, uh, when he gave the Sermon on the Mount, he says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. All the things that you're looking for, the clothing, the food, the friendship, the relationship, the marriage, the business, everything shall be given up to you when we seek the Lord. Because he is our provider. Just like what we read, there's nobody who can take care of their children like the lion does to its cubs. Not only that, this is something that amazed me. One of the characteristics of lion is that lion is an amazing protector. Nobody can go mess with them. For 100 mile radius, that these lions control 100 mile radius. Can you imagine how much the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords will be controlling? The, the book of Joel, it says, chapter 3, verses 6, 16. The Lord also will roar from Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem. The heaven and earth will shake. But the Lord will be the shelter for his people and the strength of the children of Israel. The Lord will protect his family. You and I are his family at any cost. That's what the lions do. They will protect their family at any cost. Jesus is that lion of the Judah. He's not just going to come and judge his people, but he's going to come as a protector of his people. That's why John was crying, oh my God, I don't know who can open because there is a message about my protector in that field. 
And only one that can open is the lion of the tribe of Judah. In Isaiah chapter 31, verses 4, it says, This is what the Lord told me. This is what the Lord told the prophet Isaiah. He says, Like a lion, king of the beasts, that gnaws and chews and worries its prey, not fazed in the least by a bunch of shepherds who arrive to chase it off. So it's talking about like that sometimes the shepherds come to chase the lions off, right? But no bunch of shepherds can chase the king of kings and the lord of lords. That's why the next verse will say, so the god of the armies, angels' armies, comes down to fight on Zion, Mount Zion, to make war from its heights. It says, the Lord, the Jehovah Shabbat, comes down to fight on Mount Zion to make war from its height. And like a huge eagle hovering in the sky, Jehovah Shabbat protects Jerusalem. I will protect and rescue it. Yes, I will hover and deliver it. Put this verse in your house somewhere and read this verse. Can you imagine this? The Bible says the lion, the king of the beast, just like that lion, the, 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 the Jehovah Shabbat comes down to fight for his children. That's the kind of protection that you and I are having today. You may be walking out. There is a place in Psalm 121. This is a beautiful psalm. It says, I will lift my, lift up my eyes to the hills from where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord who made the heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by the night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. He shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Can you imagine the Lion of Judah is on your side and on my side. He's the help that nobody will be able to overcome. In the book of Hosea, it says, Now I will attack you like a lion, like a leopard that lurks around the road, like a bear whose cubs have been taken away. I will tear out your heart. I will devour you like a hungry lioness and mangle you like a wild animal. That's what God will do to the people, even if they are faintly thinking they can come after you. Because you and I are the apple of his eyes. He has tattooed your face and my face in the palm of his hands. And if someone is even opening their mouth, they have to be scared 
to open their mouth against you and me who are the children of the lion of the tribe of Judah. There was a, a preacher, an evangelist, a theologian, a revivalist named Jonathan Edwards, and this is how he says about this Jesus. This guy spends so much time in the Word. He's a student of God's Word. And he says, if you come to Christ, he will appear as a lion in his glorious power and dominion to defend you. Isn't that amazing? If you come to Christ, then you are one of his cubs. And he says, all those excellencies of his in which he appears as a lion shall be yours and shall be employed for you in your defense for your safety and to promote your glory he will be as a lion to fight against your enemies god says your enemies are my enemies your adversaries are like my adversary. Think about it. He that touches you, that's what the, this, uh, this theologian is saying, he, would touch, he that touches you or offends you will provoke his wrath. When someone even thinks faintly to come after you, it just provokes his wrath. And he that stirs up a lion Unless your enemies can conquer this lion, they shall not be able to destroy or hurt you. Unless they are stronger than he, they shall not be able to hinder your happiness. The ultimate purpose that's just like a stitching all these things together is for God to just provide and for God to just protect those are just two characteristics of lion. Nobody can take it away from that lion. He's going to come. He's a soon coming king that judges the land without blemish. There is a prophecy in Jeremiah chapter 25. It says, we've already looked at that one, where in that prophecy, the Lord says, the Lord will roar against his own land from his holy dwelling in heaven. The, the very fact that God's going to come down to this earth, for sure he's going to judge, but he's going to also not leave you and me. He will never let the evil win over in the end. His days, the enemy's days are numbered, and that he will never prevail over the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. There is a verse that I'm just like so amazed by this verse is in the, in the book of Revelation, chapter 19. I talked about it earlier. This is what is about to happen, right? This is, this is right after the seals are opened. We're going to look at these seven seals and seven bowls and the seven trumpets. We're going to see all the things in a, in a short moment, like in the, in the days and weeks and months to come, right? But here's the thing. All that, all that judgment, all that white throne judgment that everybody's talking about in the book of Revelation is written down, all this ends to a, comes to a climax in chapter 19, right? Chapter 19, 
God, just Jesus, that's this, this lion of the Judah, the tribe of Judah, right? It's talking about it. And John saw heavens open in the 11th verse of Revelation chapter 19. The heavens open, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He made, he had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with the rod of iron. Now see that rod of iron that this verse is talking about is going back all the way to a messianic prophecy that Jacob said to Judah. That with it, he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with the rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of the Almighty. He, and he on his robe, and on his thigh, a name written, King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The Jesus that we are talking about, the lion that's coming to destroy the enemy, that's going to rule this earth forever and ever. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. When he shows up in your life, he's not going to show up like with a puny lifestyle. He's going to show up in your life and my life with such vigor and with such, you know, temperament that nobody can stand his presence. No enemy can even mess with you. That's why the Bible says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Nothing from your past can take over your future because your future is held by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who is going to come through that sky with this massive army that's going to come on this white horse. And the Bible says in Proverbs 19-12, the king's anger is like a lion's roar, but his favor is like a dew on the grass. Proverbs 19-12. Today morning, I do not know what your, you know, struggle is, what your trial is, and who is speaking against you, None of these things is important when the lion of the tribe of Judah is going before you. Just like what Jonathan, the, the theologian, said, nobody can mess with you. Even if they think of messing with you, they're in trouble because your enemies and my enemies are his enemies. And if only we know the lion of the tribe of Judah that goes before us every day, every step of the way. Not only by providing, 
but also protecting you and me every single day against this adversary. A couple of weeks ago, Ms. Collette said that, you know, when you pray, the enemy shows up. That's right. When they pray, the enemy shows up. But you know what? Enemy also knows there is a big, thick round of protection around each and every one of us. It's just light lit with the fire. And the enemy knows not to mess with the cub or the lion of the tribe of Judah. You and I not only are the cubs of Judah, you and I carry the same DNA in your life and my life. When we walk out of this message, this meditation, know this for sure, that DNA of the lion is actually linked to your DNA. Nothing in this world can come against the bloodline of our Savior because his wrath is too hard for the world to handle. May the good Lord be with you this morning as you know this amazing name, this amazing characteristic of God is on your side this morning. Amen, Brother Cyril. Thank you for your message this morning. As it touches our lives, and it, it, it penetrates the, the marrow of our bones. Mm. Lord, thank you for sharing with us uh, from the book of Revelation that there are 19 names given to Jesus in that book of Revelation. And we just focused on one of those names, the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Mm. And we focused on him being a lion and how Judah was one of the 12 tribes of Israel. And it's known for producing kings. And the lion of Judah is not just strong, powerful, and greatly feared. Not the tallest, not the fastest. He is our provider. The lion is the provider. And in a pivotal, pivotal moment in, in Genesis, when Jacob became Israel and Israel and Jacob talked to his son Judah and, and, and how the beginning of that all transpired with Judah and Benjamin and Levi and becoming Jerusalem and just learning about how the origins of that. And the enemy, when the, when the lion of the tribe of Judah is spoken, the enemy starts to tremble. Mm-hmm. And, we, and it applies to us the same way. When we have praises in our mouth, God will fill us with his goodness. Our God goes before us. The lion of the tribe of Judah goes before us and speaks to the doctor, the banker, the employer, the interviewer. Whatever's before us, he goes and speaks to them and works on our behalf even before we think it. The presence of God goes before us. The battle belongs to the lion of the tribe of Judah and who releases resources on our behalf. So what mountain uh, has no impact on you? Whatever barriers before you, when we open our mouth with praise, Mm -hmm. that mountain, that barrier crumbles. What's blocking you today? What is is preventing you from speaking praise to our Lord? The Lion of the tribe of Judah is our provider. He provides Mm -hmm. all things, even before it comes from our lips. The Lion is our protector. He will protect his family at any cost. Mm -hmm. He will never let evil prevail over his children. We're Mm -hmm. all his children. 
We are the lion. We are the cubs. And our future is held by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. No matter what is happening, he holds it all in his hands. Amen. 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 Lord Jesus, we bow before you in humility and ask you to examine our hearts today. Show us anything that is not pleasing to you. Reveal any secret pride, any unconfessed sin, rebellion, or unforgiveness that may be hindering our relationship with you. We know that we are your beloved children, having received you into our hearts and lives and having accepted your death as penalty for our sinfulness. The price you paid covers us for all time, and our desire is to live for you. As we take the bread representing your life that was broken for us, we remember and celebrate your faithfulness to us and to all who will receive you. Thank you for your extravagant love and unmerited favor. Thank you that your death gave us life, abundant life now and eternal life forever. We receive this bread in remembrance of you. And in the same way, we take this cup, representing your blood poured out from a splinted cross, You are the supreme sacrifice for all of our sin, past, present, and future. Today, we remember and celebrate the precious gift of life you gave us through the blood you spilled. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 As we go into the communion this morning, as we take this bread, I do not know what the past was like for you. But as you take this bread this morning, know this for sure, that this is a body that was broken for you and me. And let me take this bread, and as it says in First Corinthians chapter 11, as you take it, this is his body which is broken for you. As we remember this morning, and as we take this bread, his DNA is just linked. This is the remembrance that we are. His DNA is connected to our DNA this morning. It's a remembrance of something that Jesus did on that rugged cross. When you take it in, you are just like a proclaiming before the world that nothing can come between you and me because I have the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords on my side. Amen. Jesus took this bread on the day before he was crucified, the verse 24 says he had given thanks and broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me as we take this bread. Let's do it in remembrance of him that's broken. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it 
in remembrance of me. Let's take it. The conference has been unmuted. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you for who you are in our life this morning, Father. Thank you for being the provider. Thank you for being the pro- the protector. Thank you for being the judge. Thank you for being the the Jehovah Jireh. Thank you for being the Jehovah Jireh. Thank you for being the Jehovah Jireh. But there is no one who can provide like you can. Yes, God, we just like are so thankful for the lion of the tribe of Judah that is going before us. Father God, this morning, that every cluster of our body, Father God, we remember this bread and the cup that you have drank every single day, Father God, for the rest of our life that we will not leave nor forsake the presence of this lion of Judah. Father God, that you will remind us, Father God, when the enemies come after us, the one who goes before us, Father God, is the one mm-hmm. who's going to come on that horse. Yes, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you. His, not only his dress says he's a king of kings, his ties have written word that says mm-hmm. king of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Oh, Father God, who can stand mm-hmm. before you? Thank you. Who can stand against your wrath, Father God. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters on this line this morning that you, Father God, will give this assurance and the remembrance every single day that the Lion of Judah, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, is going before us. And that, Father God, you make all the mountains come down as we go before you, Father God, we, we go before the new week that is ahead of us, Father God. Let no, Father God, schemes of the enemy will prevail against the children of God, Father God. Hallelujah. Father, we pray and surrender all of us into your mighty hands. God, you take the glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray, Father, for your glory. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Everyone have an amazing week. Thank you. Same here. Thank you. Have a beautiful week. Thank you. Have a good one, everyone. God bless you all. Bye-bye. Have a great day. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.